This is Up for Debate presents The Ballad of Rocky Balboa. Tonight, episode number 182, recorded June 11th, 2020. Chapter 5, Rocky V. From a million to one shot, he became a true champion of the world. Now, the glory. Because of the continuous violent blows to the head, the effects are irreversible. The crowds. My husband is retired. He has nothing more to prove. And the money are gone. You lost millions. Look, I still got my place in the old neighborhood. His title is in the hands of a new champion. He might win a few fights, but he's no Rocky Balboa. Controlled by an unscrupulous promoter. This is your medical report. It's not so good, but we can work around it. All that's left is his family. We've been down before. I'll get it all back. His heart. I gotta fight, okay? I got problems, I gotta fight. And a dream. A dream to get it all back. This is a tremendous opportunity. Opportunity for who? For you to make money for him to be disabled? Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of for Debate Presents... Right in the middle of our Rocky Balboa movie watch, I'm Sean Jennings. Joined, as always, Maddie loves ya. It's Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Where did that one come from? That's the line from That's the line from the movie. Get up, are, you are son you... of a bitch, because Mickey loves you. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. That, I, I have many thoughts on that scene in the movie. <laughs> we got many <laughs> thoughts on this movie. Oh, yes. Period. Um, yeah. Tonight we are talking 1990s Rocky V. Um, one of the uh, least beloved Rocky movies, I think it would be fair to say. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly one of the most forgettable, uh, but we'll dive into it. If folks haven't seen uh, or listened to any of our past Rocky movies, I recommend we had an awesome episode last week on Rocky Four. We're going to try and beat out this week, um, but make sure you go back and listen to the Matt Rocky Five. Rocky the Fifth. Wow. The now, big five. It's funny to me, after watching this movie, the trailer writes itself. Because I, I'm just imagining in my head the words coming across, the big words coming across the screen, douche, Apollo Creed, douche, Clubber Lang, douche, Ivan Drago, douche, now Rocky faces his toughest challenge, douche, irreversible brain damage, Koosh. and accounting <laughs> fraud. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, what is this movie, Matt? Sean, that, that was actually perfect. Um, I was I was going to mention this in our next episode because it, it's kind of the culmination of bad villain names. But like just just I, I guess I'll mention it now is that uh, um, it, the vi- the villains of Rocky movies have a lot in common, especially at least in their as far as their naming goes with villains we would see in like Bond movies. And I never realized that until after I, I just I actually just watched Rocky Balboa today. The, the next movie, which we'll get to in our in our next episode, um, and the villain in that one, or the I guess the antagonist there, his name is Mason Dixon. Sean. Oh, love so, that! <laughs> love that! So, as a matter of fact, this is probably one of the more tame. I guess the people he fights um, later on in the um, in the uh, the movie, but yeah, and no, his immediate his immediate villain right now, his immediate opponent is Polly. What did you think about that? What a twist there. But it's not a twist. I think I wrote it's in my really. notes, Paulie is it's in not- charge of Rocky's money? Question mark? <laughs> what? I wrote the same thing. I said, ask Sean, how realistic is this? <laughs> the, the, so, the, Sean, you're talking about how the, realistic is this? You're talking about the man who once, I think, threw a flask at a Rocky pinball machine? <laughs> the man who had the, the robot. Yeah, who was in love with a robot. In love with a robot. <laughs> And he's in charge. Oh, right. He gave him power of attorney. I just signed it. I just signed it. And it was like one of those. You signed the papers. I mean, I will, we'll get into this throughout the whole movie, but this movie is lazy with cliches. And the 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 rich guy loses all his money in a way that isn't detailed explained because no one needs to know for plot reasons. I, I actually had to look up because between his incoherent mumbling and the uh, Polly just being terrible. I didn't really understand fully what what was happening. I knew that like 
at first I thought that Polly had some kind of, had like an account, had like a, um, some kind of possession of Rocky's bank account. Like he gave him his pin number and that he had, he had pissed it all away on like gambling or something. Mm. But I, I looked it up and what happened was it was, it was Polly signed away all of the money, all of, all of Rocky's estate, all of it to every, like that's a hundred percent, Sean, a hundred percent of Rocky's estate. He signed away to an accountant who then made bad investments. And that's all the only detail that's given. He made bad investments, lost all of Rocky's money in making these bad investments and then fled the country. Yeah. Well, and yeah, he signed power of attorney over to the accountant. So he essentially yes. had control over everything Rocky had, uh, which he claimed while they were in, hey, we were in Russia for three months. Uh, you know, he had to, he had to give to him, but but my favorite part of that, that's actually not the craziest thing, because you do read about like a Wesley Snipes type celebrity and some of these celebrities who like their accountants do steal all their money. So it's like that to me isn't necessarily like I give the movie credit for not being like you said, like like somehow Polly spends 40 million dollars in two weeks or something like. But what's crazy to me is when his lawyers, when Rocky's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just do a couple of commercials again. We'll get all this money back. And, it, and, and his lawyer is like, no one will hire you, Rocky. You were scammed. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Why would he's still the heavyweight champion of the world? He just beat Ivan Drago in the biggest boxing event in human history. And you're telling me he's he not... can't do a commercial because his reputation is stained because <laughs> some scammer stole his money? He's not he's not known for his business acumen. <laughs> what? They're not okay. going to be like Maybe. you were a businessman and somebody took you for all you were worth. I, you know, <laughs> oh my god, that was so stupid. And but the accountant didn't the accountant didn't like embezzle the money. Well, I guess he did, but he didn't he, it's not like he took the the money and spent it on houses and Lamborghinis. He took all of his money and made bad investments. Bad real estate That's, deals. That's yes, and, and real estate deals. Could he have been that shitty of an accountant that he pissed away a hundred percent of a client's money well, on bad investments? And that's another one of these like cliche movie things where it's like, what, what oh, he, he, we've lost all of our money, so now we have to go live in, in like back when we had no money. And it's like that's not how like they had an estate sale. Like you still did, did, did have he, some money. Yeah, I was gonna say, did the did the accountant did the accountant like did they? Did they find this accountant like in a Philadelphia ghetto? <laughs> and, and this guy was like, trust me, I'm an accountant. It's Give just, me all your, all your details. It's just Paulie in a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's Paulie's brother. Uh, what, a, well, yeah, what, a, what a really, really right away, a terrible plot, um, terrible conflict is set up because it's not necessary. The only thing, the, forget the money and the financial situation. They could have left that alone. The, the, the real issue is the brain damage part. The, the second thing that you mentioned in, in the introduction, the second conflict that Rocky is facing here, they could have just played on that. And they could have said that Rocky's not well enough to do commercials or not well enough to do any kind of – to make a reappearance in the public limelight. And that way he can he can live with his with his riches and his mansion and and the wealth that he built up but not – but still not be the, the – um, not be the person he once was or, or something. And then the movie can be all about him recovering from that brain damage and then going out and boxing again to hopefully try to get, not get more brain damage. But it, it could have been that kind of a story. Yeah, Sean. You know, to be Matt, th this movie is trying so unbelievably desperately to be a throwback to Rocky one. I mean, in, in so many ways, including by the way, bringing back, uh, director John G. Eveldson, uh, who directed the first one and won the Academy Award for Best Director. Um, whether whether it's Mixed Gym and the Pet Store, whether it's the, the the streetness of it and and the bar and all. I mean, this is this really is supposed to be a throwback movie, and they don't care how Rocky gets there, but he's got to be living back in his old neighborhood. They're just trying to hit the reset button. And and on one hand, I appreciate the idea. On the other hand, I despise the execution, um, which to me radically did not work. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I actually wrote um, this movie is the Force Awakens of Rocky. What I meant was that it, it's how it was uh, directly like a like a you know like Force Awakens extremely closely paralleled yeah. hope. Yeah. The same situation here is that they they borrowed so many ideas and so many so many 
elements from the first Rocky movie, and they and they use such a convoluted premise to get there, with with the the financial situation. Just uh, I, I I don't know. They could have gone in a completely different direction, well, but. You know, and again, this is a movie for me that's really good in theory on paper, right? Rocky, top of his game, biggest guy in the world, gets knocked down to where he started, finds a young man, he's the next Rocky, he trains him up, he starts winning fights, but then he turns on him because of an evil promoter, and then eventually he has to fight his protege. I love that idea. I'm I think totally that's all you on need, board. yeah. And what they did, and I, I wrote here in my notes, I said, the biggest sin of this movie is that it's just really boring, like, it's so slow, and it's this, again, in a throwback to Rocky 1, the biggest problem I have is that the star of this movie is Rocky. Rocky, and I will maintain this, it's been true of the last five movies, Rocky is the least interesting character in the Rocky universe. It's about things that happen to him, not about him. That's what I didn't like about the first movie. It's what I hated about this movie. It's, it's a movie all about Rocky and how he's somehow even stupider and slower. I mean, the movie's called Rocky, Sean. It's called Rocky Five. But, but his name is before all the Roman numerals. But it's a boxing so. movie, and it's about the fight. They don't even have a big... He doesn't even box in the movie. <laughs> he never gets in a ring. I mean, it's really frustrating. And, and I wrote... This was the other thing that bugged me, and again, true of the other Rocky movies. The inter- This is full of interesting characters trapped in a boring movie. I would have loved to have seen a, seen a spinoff about Tommy Gunn. I think that's an interesting character. Abused kid, out of the Midwest, scrapper fighter. Interesting. Uh, The promoter, Duke. Again, really interesting character. Would love to know more about him. Even Robert slash Rocky Jr. And him being a rich kid having to go to an inner city school. An interesting story. And all these characters who are really cool and interesting are surrounded by the most boring character in cinema, Rocky Balboa. And it just drove me nuts. It just, if you can't tell, it re- legitimately drove me crazy. So you, you would, you would rather just watch like vignettes of all of the people around Rocky while Rocky sits in his house and, and just kind of marinates with this devastating brain injury. Honestly, I think a better movie would have you know been. You know what? That actually sounds Rocky like falls, an amazing movie. Yeah. Rocky falls into a coma <laughs> from his last fight. and He's in a coma the whole movie. I would have really and, enjoyed and that. About, it's about everybody else. Oh, and then there could be there could be a rock. There even you you could even have that and introduce what I thought was the best. I thought was the best part of the film, the best scene in the film, um, because it would totally work. It would just be a coma fantasy instead of just a real life uh, hallucination spurred on by his by his mangled brain, which was when he was in the uh, Mickey's gym and he hallucinates Mickey oh, being God. there. I, and make it in the cufflinks. I have so much thought about would, that. The cufflinks would show up again at the end of the movie, so you're not sure if it like it's like is it was it real or was it just a dream? Well, like, I will say according that moment, according to Wikipedia, and I don't have a good enough memory for this, uh, but the Golden Glove neck, necklace is first seen in Rocky Two, where it's worn by Apollo Creed, and then again throughout Rocky Three and Four. So it was in the other movies. Did you say the necklace? The necklace, yeah, the golden gloves. Oh yeah, no, no, that the, the it's the the cufflinks, the Rocky 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 Marciano cufflinks that he he hands him. Am I mixing? And then in the, the end, in the end of the movie, he get, he gives them to his son and yeah, he says the, like the, these the, are the little now. gloves on the chain. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They were in the other movies. But you said they were give, they were Apollo wore them in the other movies. How did Apollo get them? I don't, I, I'm just reading you Wikipedia. I don't have a good enough memory for this, but it says the golden glove necklace featured so prominently in the film was first seen in Rocky two, where it was worn by Apollo Creed. And then again, throughout Rocky three and four. I think we're thinking it, we're thinking of a different yeah, thing. He maybe. gives him the, the, he gives him the necklace with the gloves, but there's also these, these cufflinks that Mickey hands him. Hmm. I swear this, okay. I didn't, I didn't, but, but we're going to get bogged um, down. We should keep moving on. Okay, yes. so I, I just I just Googled Mickey Cufflinks, and what do you think came up? Mickey Mouse Cufflinks? That's exactly right. Mm, Mickey. I should I, I should have known better. Hashtag should have known better. Well, anyway, um, the uh, this movie's got a lot of problems. I think we, we can probably agree on that. Uh, most problematic, I, I think that they, they didn't – it was like they didn't really know what to do with with any of their characters anymore. They were just kind of like, well, he does this because he's he's Polly. He, of course he's an idiot. Well, like 
But that, and again, it's one of the, Polly, one of my favorite funniest things about this movie is, of course, Polly somehow gets more of a drunk every movie, as if that's possible. And at one point, at Mick's gym, he is drinking out of a pair of binoculars that disguise a flask, which to me is hilarious because why would he even have binoculars? Like, it's not, it's not like a secret hidden thing at all. It's because he's he's creeping on everybody. I don't know. <laughs> but, but they're not real binoculars. That Like, you could hide a flask in a bunch of different ways, but, like, for him just to have binoculars around his neck, like, that's oh, even more... Oh, you're saying that would, that would make... It, that's, like, the most suspicious thing. He might as, he might as well just have a flask. Yes! That, it was just yeah. so funny to me. I'm like, I love Pauly because he just makes no sense <laughs> as a human being. Yeah. Um... I think there there must be a fan theory out there that Polly is actually an alien visiting mm. Earth and like dressed up in in human skin. I would believe it. I would one hundred percent believe now, it. That's a spinoff I'd watch. He's he's learned everything from like observing other humans around him for a limited amount of time, and he has to like act like he's he's one of them. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I said that this movie was um, midlife crisis, Rocky. What do you think about that? Is this midlife crisis, Rocky? I don't know, though, because even even in Rocky Four, he didn't want to fight. He was retired. Yeah, but and even in Rocky Three, he was kind of retired. He was comfortably retired in Rocky Four. He was doing bits and he was doing work. He had work and stuff. He had a new kid. Yeah. Um, but he only came out of retirement because Ivan murdered his friend. Right. That's that's good motivation. Yes. That I would I would argue that that's much better motivation than some kind of lame scam and and poor, poorly conceived and poorly framed plot device that they people just brush off like oh well i guess he's got to oh well here we go again he's got to move back to philly and i you know again work the, his way up from the bottom again I, I do that's think, how life works i do think there's value in a movie where we examine the physical toll boxing takes on a boxer like that's interesting to me this movie just does it so dumbly like it just it it it's just him talking with a bit more of a slur and he gets a headache once in a while and he's funnier like I don't it, it doesn't do a really good job it's not serious Sean would you have rather seen the movie where instead of going back to box rock after Rocky loses all of his money in the dumb financial plot device if instead he he took a temp job with an office and just just answered phones all day in like as like as Rocky. No, but like I Hello? like I what do. do, you do? I do what like do you want? I do like the idea of him as the as the trainer manager and taking Mickey's place. Like that's an interesting character development. Okay, you can't box anymore, but you can be around boxing. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's actually a good move. Um, and and some of my favorite parts of this movie were when he's training Tommy and when he's he's getting into boxing. And I would watch a whole series of movies where he's the trainer, which I have a suspicion is what happens in some of the future films. But uh, that to me is that's his midlife crisis that I want to watch. Not just it's this awkward thing where it's like in in Rocky Four it made sense. I'm retired, but now I have to fight. And in this movie, it's like I'm retired and I want to fight, but I kind of don't. And I'm gonna, but then I'm not. It was just kind of wishy-washy. Yeah, again, I think it, this movie absolutely could have benefited from being half as long as it, it was. I think that you you kind of hit the nail on the head there. We, we, we said that about the first Rocky movie. And I think it really is kind of true for almost all of them. I say yeah. almost because I, 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 I think I tolerated the length of Rocky three seemed like it was fine. Rocky two, I don't know, but the first Rocky, much like this one, absolutely could been could have just been half of, half of the movie and and would have been it would have been fine. The incredible thing is that this Rocky five is actually fifteen minutes shorter than Rocky one and Rocky two. Somehow, and fifteen minutes longer than Rocky four. Um, no, I mean, the, and Matt, I don't think it would surprise anyone who's watched this movie to know that the the even in the production of this movie, uh, it was a script problem. And the script was being rewritten as the movie was being shot. Um, the Mick, the Mickey flashbacks were originally shot as him being a ghost and it happening in the present. And only in editing did they make it as a flashback. Wow. 
Um, and of course, famously in the original script, Rocky is killed during the final fight, dying yes. in Adrian's arms in the street. Even throughout most of the filming and production, that was planned to be the outcome. It wasn't until near the end that Stallone decided against it and switched the ending. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you about that. I, I read that that Stallone toyed with the idea of killing Rocky off. He was going to die in, the, in an ambulance on the way from the fight to the hospital, in with Adrian next to him. His last words were going to be, "We did it, Adrian. We did it." Now, now I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> like we did what? We 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 fought until our brain literally exploded inside of our skull. Is that the message you want to send home to the kids? I'm, I'm yeah. kind of glad he didn't send Rocky into the sunset that way. Um, mostly because then we got Rocky Balboa, which I would argue is a, is a pretty competent film. I but, mean, I, I have a lot of problems with the fight at the end of the movie, which we can get into in a minute. Uh, but I do think killing off Rocky is not a bad idea. I just think you have to be really like. I just think you have to be really smart about it. And him dying in that street fight, I don't think would have been a satisfying ending. No, that, that would be a downer ending. And Rocky, if anything, Rocky is not about downer endings. Well, and that's... none of them really are have no, no, none of them really have that because there's, there's no, I would say there's no empire strikes back of the Rocky series, which is a reference you now get because you, you've now seen the star Wars movies. Yeah, that's right. Then second, second reference to star Wars movies tonight. But uh, it's the, I guess the closest you could think of is, is uh, Ivan dying like, or Ivan, Ivan rather Ivan killing, um, Apollo. Yeah. Cause it's, it's kind of a sad moment, but in the end he gets his revenge. He beats, he beats Ivan in, in Soviet Russia. I can change. You can change. We can all change. But it's, it's not about that. It's not about the sad endings. It's about, it's about lifting, uh, lifting your spirits. This one had a very weird ending. Didn't like the ending of this one. Uh, Probably the, one of the weaker endings. Be specific. Of, of any movie. I'm talking like the, you know, he, he fights, he fights Tommy Gunn or he, you know, it happens at the end. I did like when he, uh, the part I did like at the end was when he punched the, um, it just, he got punched the promoter. Yeah. And said something about sue me for what? Yep. <laughs> like. <laughs> you touch me, I'm going to sue you. Yeah. And uh, then, then, he, then I guess he reconciles the, his, the lame problems he has with his son, which is another side plot I wish got explored a little bit more. Yeah, um, I well, I don't want it to get us away. I'll talk about the son in a second. I don't want us to get so, away from the final fight. Yeah, yeah. So just the end. I guess the ending. I wasn't. I wasn't wholly. The fight I thought was good. The fight itself, well choreographed, well done. In that regard, I like how they they do seem like they innovate. On every fight, it, it gets better. But again, it's I, I think that your your assessment when you, what you said about when we were talking about Rocky Four, Sean, about how he should have been able to beat Drago not just by sheer will, but he should have been able to beat Drago by being the more the, the smarter, the more competent fighter, um, rather than Drago's just kind of like a weightlifting meat meat sack. Uh, he, in this case, I think he should have been able to beat gun by be you know by just by virtue of being the one who taught gun everything but it should have been like well i didn't teach you this and he pulls out like a new move that you know rocky had never seen before that'd be like something you'd get from dragon ball or something yeah you know like every dragon ball is like i have this special move that i didn't tell you just in case this this uh this event ever happened it would just show another another dimension to rocky of like well maybe he's not this big dumb guy Maybe he's like, he's actually a tactical fighter. I, I will say the one thing I, so I, I have a lot of issues with how that fight was set up and executed, but I will give the movie one thing, which is it does a good job of setting up and concluding this idea. And uh, Adrian really stresses this of, it's not about what's in your head. It's about heart. It's, it's, it's about what's in your heart. Tommy Gunn doesn't have that. And I think the movie does a good job of setting him up. Um, after he beats Union Kane, uh, uh, the champ, and he becomes the heavyweight champ, and he shows himself to to really be, I don't want to say a bad guy, but just to be a guy who's just in it for for victories, and, and he doesn't have the heart. And when Rocky, go, and, and he gets so sort of mad and aggressive with Rocky, that Rocky does, I feel, beat him with heart. I do feel, I, so I don't know if you need necessarily a special trick or something like, I think 
the movie does a decent job of saying the reason Rocky wins is because Tommy doesn't have the heart of a fighter like Rocky does. You can have all the training in the world, but if you don't have the heart, you can't you can't beat the champ. And I did I did like that. I think the movie set that up well. Yeah, it is. It is about it is about heart in this one. But but that's just I feel like it's the that's the motivating factor for every Rocky. Movie. Oh no, it's everyone, for every like, sports movie ever. I mean, he, it's win, the he wins thing. because he's got the heart. He's he wins because he's got the drive. I mean, I that's why I liked Rocky three so much was because there was there was some nuance to it. Mm. He won he won just because he could take punches over and over again until Clubber Lang got tired. Which and that's again, a, that's a tactical way of defeating your opponent instead of just believing that you can harder than they did or something in this movie. He took a lot of punches, you know, it's always for, for someone with brain damage. He sure took a lot of punches. Yeah. That, that had me kind of nervous the whole time. Uh, I mean, it it would, it would be, I would, it would really be like a, like a borderline miracle. If something like that happened today, if a man, a man with a history of brain injury, well, first of all, I don't think they would even allow him in the ring. I think he would just like everybody that cared about him and loved him in his entire life would say, please don't do this. And then I think the boxing commission would just intervene and say, with your medical history, you'll, well, you'll die in the ring. You can't yeah. do this. And the movie touches on that. And that's why they say a lot. We got to go Tokyo. We got to go somewhere where, you know, you can't fight in the U S but we, we can get this set up overseas. And actually, by the way, a lot of real life boxers had done that. Um, it, it's not enough. Unheard of in thing. the jungle. What is uh, it? Thr- Thriller in Manila. That's right. Or the famous, um, Rumble Buster Douglas jungle. fight in Tokyo and that too. Yes. Um, no, I, so I, I wrote here in my notes set up to the Rocky gun fight is ludicrous because the movie, if you think about the sequence, Tommy Gunn defeats union Kane becomes the, the champ supposedly gets into a press conference. Now I have a problem with this movie's press conferences, and this is one of those stupid details only I would notice, but they have the most aggressive reporters I've ever seen in a movie because all of the reporters are like yelling at Tommy Gunn and Duke, the promoter shouting at them, but you're not the champ. You're not, you're just yeah. a champ on pay. Like you don't, are these people reporters? Or are they just angry fans? It was, it was so aggressive. I, I, I made a note of that. I, I didn't know. I thought they were protesters. I thought they were like avid protesters that came to the fight to specifically protest Gunn's victory on, just on the grounds that he is not as good as Rocky. But it reminded me of something from pro wrestling. Right. It'd be like something that the WWE would do. It seems it's staged like, for a movie. Right. It was, it, it seemed like, or something that was set, set up that other, another promoter set up to make a fight uh, with Rocky that much more dramatic. Yeah. Like you when Clubber Lang shows up in the audience and starts that. And I, and I think I, I wrote that earlier in the first press conference when Rocky gets off the plane from Russia um and duke just like walks up on stage and i'm like do they just let anyone into these press conferences <laughs> he's he's just some dude and he just walks Zero up there security. and like commandeers the mics um but but basically the press is yelling at him oh duke you it's just a paper title and you set it up and which by the way a movie i would have rather seen was duke puppeteering the entire boxing industry and setting up these fake fighters much more interesting but so then he has to get tommy gun to go bonkers pissed and convince him that he has to fight Rocky. Then they have to go to the bar with a TV camera crew, which is kind of weird. And then they broadcast it live on the news as they go into the bar. Rocky doesn't want to fight him. He then has to get, he then has to punch Polly and say, all right, let's go. I fight on the street. Uh, And they go out there and then they broadcast it live. So, Adrian and his son can see it and go to the fight. Very convoluted. And then they have the street <laughs> fight. And I wrote in my notes, street fight at night equals hard to see. I, I felt like I couldn't see most of what was going on because it was so dark. Very different from a brightly lit boxing ring. I, I struggled to see it as a good and entertaining fight because there was just so much going on. I think three different times Rocky like knocks over Tommy Gunn, turns his back to him and like goes to do something. And then Tommy Gunn jumps him from behind, but he does it like three different times. I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with that final fight. I would have rather seen them, even if it wasn't like a big formal fight, even in the ring at mixed gym or just something a little more structured. That's right. I, 
I, I think I think it should have been at the ring at Mickey's gym. I think that that that's that would be more poetic. A fight in the street in the dark. I, I saw it as kind of a metaphor for um, like it, Rocky's un, uncertainty about his future. Sure, he's a street and, uh, fighter, and that's his origin. Is, and you know, with the, his mental illness, the the, the his uh, brain damage, like darkness setting in, like the, it, the twilight of his career. Um, all of those, all of those things. I, I, I that's why I thought the the darkness kind of helped with with that. Not that I think that that Stallone thought about any of them. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe maybe he he thought it would be more more uh, thematic that way. But the fight in Rocky's gym. I guess that's that's a that's a as good a place as any since this was intended to be the last Rocky movie. Uh, just you know to to send him out where he began. I mean that seemed to be the the point of it from the beginning, right? Like they send him back to the Philadelphia. A ghetto, they come up with a with a convoluted plot contrivance to get him back to to his old roots, and then you know having the final fight be in Mickey's gym just kind of would think it would be more poetic there, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, I on one hand, I I think it was bad execution. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I would have rather them just fight with no crowd. I would have loved to see him one on one just fighting in an alleyway. Oh, me too. Yeah, having have the without a crowd would have made also more poetic sense. Like just man on man, one on one. And I think uh, and think Tommy, uh, Tommy in that final fight, he's not. If if he was a little more, I know everything you know. I'm the new you. I'm not your puppet. I'm better than you. You know, if he had been a little bit more of an aggressive, interesting character at that moment, I think the fight would have been better. But instead, he's just I'm mad at you and just like yeah. punches him. And to to me, there's not a good enough conflict where I'm like, yeah, Rocky, you kick his ass. Like, I, I just didn't really care who won. Yeah, he he really does just come off as annoying at the end, toward the end when he gets when he's getting brainwashed by the promoter. Yes, which and there's again yeah. a, a good arc on paper. That's what bugs me. I love the idea of Rocky's protege being being a twisted by a shady promoter. Love that. That's a great idea. And I just don't care when I watch this movie. It's such a bummer. Yeah, it's it was it was poorly executed. I think it just suffers from just just too too many cooks. It's just the we have this this plot going on here with the rivalry with Rocky and, and Tommy Gunn. We have Rocky's son not fitting in at school or, or falling in with the wrong crowd or dealing with life in, in the in the inner city life and we have Polly doing his drunken Polly thing. It's just too much. Too much. I think they should have picked just one or two focuses and really honed in on uh, on that. But they they I think they just they get a little confused and a little lost in what the message is in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I guess that makes sense because in a 2010 interview, um, I found out that. Stallone claimed that he only made this movie, uh, quote, out of greed. Yeah, he regrets he it. He, he regrets said he it. Just, he just made the movie to get rich, to, to get more money. So, Well, this movie actually had the biggest budget, uh, reported budget of all of the Rocky movies, um, of the original five at least. Uh, $42 million spent on this, about twice what was spent on Rocky IV um, before it. Hmm. I mean, they expected. You got to remember, Rocky Four was a massive success, huge, biggest. It's still the biggest uh, grocer of the entire Rocky franchise. So there was no reason to think. I mean, there was big, big expectations for this movie. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit later about its release and, and the money it made and all of that, which which is an interesting story in and of itself. Hmm. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about. Um, Mickey and the Mickey flashback. Yes. Okay. Um, I wrote here in my notes, uh, this Mickey flashback is very out of character for him. I thought this was weird. It didn't feel like Mickey. He felt a little too nice, a little too sentimental, a little too friendly. I get why it's in the movie and he has to have that sort of heart to heart flashback moment. But I was watching it the whole time and I'm like, it doesn't, it, it there, just something about it didn't feel right. Was that just me? Well, I guess when when I was watching the movie at first, I I didn't think it was a flashback. I thought this was Rocky Rocky's brain falling apart mm. and and showing like a projection of 
a memory that he didn't have but wanted to have. Like his like his brain got kind of like confused with with uh, he remembered Mickey and he remembered like the sentimentality he had toward Mickey. And this was kind of a projection of that. I mean, Mickey was kind of like a father figure to him in, I think, under under the surface. I don't think we got to really see that side of him, which which is kind of a shame. I, I do wish that we had we, we did. Um, but the few scenes we see um, that that show any kind of connection is just him trying to hone Rocky into the hardest fighter he can he can be. We don't really get to see a, a whole lot. Of, I think it's it's more of a of a hero. It's like a Mickey is kind of a hero in Rocky's mind, like a legend. He's oh, he's sure. like Obi Wan. He's Obi Wan Kenobi to Rocky's Luke Skywalker. Star Wars reference number three. Um, Whereas instead he becomes almost like he goes from that to more of uh, uh, I I can't think of a good analogy of like a like a good father. He becomes more of a Mufasa to Rocky's Simba. That's kind of the, the way that I see it turning is like Mickey is is kind of he's he's always seen him as this like hardened trainer like getting him into shape and, and helping him fight. And this is this is Rocky seeing him as more of a paternal like supporter, which I actually I liked. I, I like this side of Mickey. I, I but I I also choose to believe that it only happened in Rocky's mind. It would make a lot more sense if that was true. And I and I agree with you. And everything I've read about the movie would lead me to believe it was edited in a way that it's supposed to be a flashback. What's interesting to me is the timing of it, because Mickey's quote here Ah, come here, Rock. My God, you're ready, ain't you? That Apollo won't know what hit him. You're going to roll over him like a bulldozer. Um, which would indicate to me this was before in the An training, Italian bulldozer. An Italian bulldozer. <laughs> um, which would indicate to me it's from the first movie before he fights Apollo the first time. In that first movie, we don't... At that point, Mick didn't believe in him for most of the movie. And even after the... It just... I agree if this was like a Rocky three flashback, it makes more sense because they've spent years together um, building up Rocky's career, but it just seemed, you know, get up, you son of a bitch, because Mickey loves you. Um, I, I don't know. It just it just I would have rather seen Mickey take a harder approach um, and then we have to imply that he loves him rather than being so weirdly sentimental in a flashback. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I, I watched yeah. it and I, and I was like you, I was like, this doesn't seem like something that would really happen. So may, maybe that's just bad editing on the movie's part. Like I said, um, originally it was supposed to be um, Mick as a ghost. And that was supposed to be like coming back and talking to Rocky in real life. And they just ended up editing it to be like a flashback. Oh, I, I would have a hundred percent more like that better. And yes. that way, and he, but he still gives him the cufflinks. Yes. And then, you have to wonder, like, whoa, whoa was that was that real? Like, well, because it's finally know. in the afterlife, quote unquote, Iraqis at least hearing what he always wanted to hear out of Mickey was that he really did love him. To me, that's like that's super powerful. It makes way more sense. But like I said, this movie to me, when you don't have a set script and you're editing your story together after you've shot it, you're you're just not you're never going to have a great movie at that point. And that that's really what what hurt this overall. I th still think. Bur Burgess Meredith uh, nailed it. Oh, I still you, think he did it. He did a great job. I'd listen to Burgess Meredith read the phone book. You know, <laughs> believe me, he did great. Um, like everyone in this movie, he only it. had what what the script told him to. Unfortunately. Oh uh, yeah, really. Like, I every, actually like think everybody else, I would argue this movie. I don't know if you'd agree with me or not. I think this is probably Talia Shire's best acting as Adrian in a Rocky movie. Yeah, maybe I mean, she, because because she gets the most to do. Right, right. And I, I admit that's a huge part of it. But she at least has an emotional arc and involvement in the plot, unlike other movies where she's sort of a side character. I at least appreciated that. I, I mean, in the other movies, so let's see, she's been in a coma. She she played an extremely <laughs> I shy. I forgot about like, that. I forgot about she was that. A, she was extremely shy and bookish in, in the other, in the other, uh, in another movie. Yep. Um, she so really th this is yeah this is this is the most she gets to do and then the other she's she's in another country in the other movie yes so. that's right well get watching her and promoter duke go back and forth i thought was actually pretty entertaining yeah i, I really so, yeah. did buy that I, I i think that 
yeah, this has to be her best her her best performance because she's either she's either bookish and shy, in a coma, or uh, on the other side of the world, right? Or um, what was what's going on with her in Rocky Three? Was that that wasn't her? That wasn't the coma. That was two. Was the coma? Are you sure it wasn't three? No, I thought that was two. Oh, maybe it was. I can't, you know, three. Man. I guess she was just she's you know she's just she's, she's living right. I mean, Rocky like fifty percent yeah. of her dialogue in the first four mm-hmm. movies is Rocky, Rocky. Yeah, because because in Rocky three, that's Clubber Lang is like, oh, I want a piece of that. It's right. He hits on her. Show me what a real. I'll show you what a real man can do. <laughs> God, I, I I really wish Mr. T was in more movies. Bring him back. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Um. Uh, uh, one other part of the movie I don't think we've really discussed is um, Robert Rocky Jr. Uh, and his little side plot. Uh, former uh, rich boy um, gets taken down to the inner city and is enrolled in an inner city school and has his own little nice little character arc where he's a goody goody boy and he learns that he has to fight. He gets uh, 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 jealous of his father's relationship with Tommy Gunn, wishes that was the relationship he had with his father. He eventually beats up the bullies. And at the end of the movie, uh, connects with his dad. Um, I will say, Matt, again, I really was interested in that story. Did it work? I don't know. Would I like to see more? Probably. But I do think the idea of having a son who you don't focus on because you're so obsessed with boxing and boxers that you don't realize your own son is there, the son trying to train in boxing to get his father's approval, beats up the bully, still doesn't get his father's approval and realizes he doesn't need it or boxing. He should just be himself. I liked it a lot, actually. I, I liked that that plot quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, I did as well. I kind of wanted to see more of that. Wanted to see it develop a little more. Instead, we just get one scene where, right, where he gets his jacket stolen and uh, Rocky is uh, is mad yeah, he's part of he the montage. He teaches him how to fight, though, right? He, he teaches him how to box or a little well, bit. Well, no. So that's what, that's what I think is really interesting is the montage. So this movie does have that traditional Rocky montage. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about the soundtrack in a second because that's a whole other discussion. Um, is the montage is Rocky training Tommy Gunn while Robert is in kind of on the sidelines sort of self-training or working with other trainers at the gym. Oh, that's and, yes. And, yeah. and stares on longingly. And then, of course, after he beats up the bully, he runs into Mick's gym and says, Dad, Dad, you'll never guess what I did. He goes, hey, that's great. Why don't you go home and tell your mother? She loves that kind of stuff. And he just goes back to, to fighting uh, to fighting and, and training Tommy. Um, yes, and that's what... Kind of hitting the peak of that arc of, oh, I don't... My father loves me, but I don't need to reach for his approval, at least via fighting. Hmm. Yeah, would you would you have preferred? I, I know I would have preferred Rocky. Like like, I, I was waiting for the moment where he's like, "Dad, you're not. You never pay attention to me anymore. That this and that. Like, I, I I got beat up at school and or like he goes, "Hey, how'd you how'd you get that bruise on your face? Like I got beat up at school and and nobody cares about me. You don't care about me and the kids at school are mean to me. And then he that I was waiting for that moment where he says, "You know what?" I'm gonna leave. I'm, I'm gonna leave the boxing world behind, and I'm gonna teach you how to fight. And then he, then he teaches. Then the montage should have been him teaching his son how to box. His son goes to school, kicks the bully's ass, and that's the fight. That's the dramatic fight at the end. Screw the whole Tommy Gunn thing. But the that, whole fight is him, is his son beating up the bully at school, and then he goes, "Oh, we'll go get some ice cream or something like that." And that's that's the Rocky Five that I wanted to see. Yeah, you're a million percent right. But that's where we keep saying of all these characters could could do some kind of spinoff movie. And on paper, if it has nothing to do with Rocky Balboa, but it is just the story of a son of a famous boxer who grew up in wealth and in posh and has never fought in his life, gets sent to a dangerous place like an inner city school and has to learn how to fight. That's a great movie. Much more interesting movie. Yes, I, I would watch that all day long. You know what? I I think you have some merit here to your to your Rocky is the least interesting character <laughs> in Rocky. <laughs> well, but you know what's you know the thing about Rocky too is that I feel like if you edited these first five movies and just did the Rocky parts, I think you could make a competent movie. But because it's spread so thin in each movie, 
that there's nothing to grab onto. There's like, if I, if you went to like, if I said name five words that describe Rocky Balboa, you couldn't because he has no personality in these movies other than dumb boxing guy. <laughs> that pretty much hits nail on the head. So it, it, it's just, that's, it's, it's almost frustrating. And that's why I said the biggest sin of this movie is not that it's a bad movie because it's not, it's got some good parts. It's competently made. It's just boring. It's just like a bunch of stuff happens. And I think I give, um, Robert Balboa, Rocky Jr., uh, was played by Sylvester Stallone's son, Sage Stallone, um, who has gone on to do acting and directing and things like that. And I actually think he was pretty good in this. Oh, and he died. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. He died. I didn't know Sorry. that. Um, and I, I yeah. actually thought he was really good in this movie. Oh, yeah. No, he was great. He was. Oh, something else I wrote, Sean... I couldn't tell – this is, this is a, it's a minor nitpick, but I couldn't tell if the um, – everything that Rocky was facing in the movie, it was kind of a melange of brain damage and PTSD. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was both because he kept – because his hands were shaking almost like in a, in like a Parkinson's kind of way, um, which, is, which can also be symptomatic of brain trauma. But he also was having these vivid hallucinations of Drago, which may, led me to believe like that's PTSD. Like right. he was, it was he was being affected by a traumatic incident. So I couldn't tell if it was the brain chemistry that was going wrong. I, I only I, I wish they could have like clarified it, but they really didn't. They were just like, oh, he's punch drunk. He got hit too many times in the head. It, it would have been a, it would have been a real good way to explore mental health issues. But this was 1990, so this was long before uh, those kinds of strides were made, I guess, in recent years. They could have, like, I wanted a detailed explanation of he endured, he like, this happened to him. Uh, we need to rehab him in this way. Cut out the whole thing with Tommy Gunn. He right. doesn't even need to be in the movie. It's just Rocky rehabbing his his mental health while training his kid to be the best damn boxer that, that he, he could be. To beat up the bullies, yeah, and then you could even you could even keep the stupid uh, the stupid uh, financial contrivance just as a reason back to the guest he has to fight these yeah. the, the the scary kid, and, and his know. son has to come to terms with having a, a father who has brain damage, and, and how do you come to terms yes. with him not being the man you used to know? Uh, it's, it, it's one of the five good movies trapped in this mediocre movie, um, <laughs> unfortunately. That's right. It's it's fitting that it's called Rocky Five because it's like choose these five plot lines that we should have gone with instead of the one that we did. Right, and again, it all comes down to script problems um, and editing problems, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so, and, in this way, maybe it's more like the Rise of Skywalker or the Rocky movies. Oh, that's Constant. a uh, yeah. That's is that more apt? More apt than Force Awakens? More hmm. apt comparison. Yeah, because I, I, the difference for me is that I think The Force Awakens is more successful in hearkening back to the original than this one is. Yes, this one tr it just tries to in in lame ways, whereas Force Awakens just it, it just I don't think it harkens back. It just is. It is a new hope, but it's with fun. New you know, that's the difference between Rise of Skywalker and Force Awakens. Not to get too much into Star Wars, but Force Awakens is a fun, enjoyable movie. Many you can claim it's not sure. great, it's not good, whatever. It's fun. You enjoy watching it. it. And I and I kind of describe the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies the same way. Yes. They're dumb, fun action movies. They're not Star Trek movies, but they're they're dumb action movies. And by the way, that's what Rocky Four was. Rocky Four was a yes. dumb, yeah. fun movie. Mm-hmm. And this is, you're exactly right, it is the Rise of Skywalker of movies where it's like, oh, we got to wrap up all these loose ends and we got too much stuff going on. And then you get to the end of it and it's like, that was less of a movie and more of a collection of scenes. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, now, Matt, one of the big things we've talked about with the Rocky movies before is the soundtrack. That's right. And Rocky Five is no exception. Uh, taking... Uh, quite a different approach. Um, a lot less Bill Conti songs and rock music uh, dominated by hip hop and new Jack swing music. We've got MC hammer. We've got uh, Rob bass. We've got snap. And oddly enough, Elton John has a song on this album. He does. That's right. It's um, what is it called? Go the distance or something like that. Uh, no, the measure of a man. 
the measure of a man. Yes, and they and they play it while they're showing the different movies, different clips from all the Rocky movies. It, yes, right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, written by Elton John and Alan Menken. If that name sounds familiar, he's the great composer behind the scores and songs of The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, um, winning several Academy Awards for that, as well as a number of other movies. Uh, one of the most famous composers uh, of our modern era. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet. Stallone, maybe he got that idea from The Godfather. I think it was Godfather Three. They do something similar with the with the different showing clips from all the movies during the credits. Yeah, sort it wasn't it wasn't the back. worst opening sequence of a Rocky movie. Hmm. Um. Yeah, a, a, certainly an intri- a different sound, a very 1990s sound of this yeah. soundtrack. I I would even argue that the 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 opening scene with him defeating Drago and immediately going into the locker room. I think that's a great, great idea. Yes. I thought that was genius. Cause Waste it's like, no time. Whoa. Yeah. Like we're, we're picking up right where the last movie left off, which doesn't happen in any other Rocky movie. It's yep. just like right immediate. It's the immediacy is, I think that's really cool. Cause it's like, it's, you know, wasting no time, just throwing you right into the action. Uh, Here's Rocky, you know, he he won the fight, but he's got like a huge toll to pay because of it. He's he's shaking, he's hallucinating, he's got serious brain damage. The doctor tells him he'll never box again. That shouldn't be seen as a challenge to then try to box again and and risk your risk your health and risk your life. It should just it should just be, well, I've lost this part of my life and now I have to cope with it. Yep. But that's not the movie we got, but yeah, although I will say the one downside to doing the immediately after the Drago fight is his son is suddenly way older, like a couple days later, uh, which was very funny to me. As soon as I realized that's what they were doing, and then they showed him greeting his son, and I'm like, is that the same actor? He looks way older in this movie. Um, one of those silly things that only I noticed. Um Matt, this movie was released uh, in 1990. Sean, uh, yes. Are you? Are you? I'm going to interrupt you just for for a good reason here. Are you about to go to look up the movies of 1990, like we do in every episode? Uh, among other things, yes. Have you done it yet? Have you Have you looked at the list? Uh, yes, I have. Are you? Were Damn. you going to try and quiz me? Uh, Sean, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. flip the script a little bit. Maybe not, next time. I wouldn't dare let you do that. Have you seen the list? Uh, no. Okay. I was well, about then, to, to Google it and now I'm, now I'm in for it. I look, yeah. I will be the first to admit, and I will be honest to everyone out there. I couldn't do this. There's a reason why I make you do it. Well, that's because exactly I why do I was it. trying to, I was trying to flip the script. But I haven't it. seen any movies. <laughs> I don't know what you expect from me. I, I'm looking here oh, at the Sean, list. Do you think I've seen movies? Of the, I've Matt, seen, seen of the, few. of the top 10 highest grossing films of 1990, I think I've seen two of the top 10. Um, so before we get into that, uh, Rocky five, as I mentioned, the, uh, least successful box office wise Rocky film ever, uh, 40 million at the domestic box office. Uh, Matt, do you know what movie it opened against in its opening weekend? Hugely successful well, film went on to, I think 12 weeks at number one or something, a massive, massive success. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here because I know it was either it either came out in 90 or 91. And it was a very it was a very successful movie. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Goodfellas. No, Goodfellas did come out in 1990, but no, that's not it. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, we're talking mid-November, right before Thanksgiving. Big time for family and kids movies. Uh, this movie did spawn oh. several sequels. Home Alone. Home Alone. Very yeah. good. Look at you. I, knew, uh, I did. I did know that came out in 1990. Yeah. Home it's Alone ca- came out the same week as Rocky Five. Rocky Five, by the way, an anticipated film. People were very excited following Rocky Four. Came out the same weekend. Home Alone beat it that weekend. Home Alone going on to gross 285 million domestically. A, a, just a, a massive, massive success, um, and going on to becoming the second highest grossing movie of 1990. There is no justice in a world where. Rocky five would be home alone. So I'm very glad that that's, that's the world we live in is that the world where home alone grosses more than Rocky five. Well, it's a tough thing. That's the, that's the timeline I'll take. Because if you, day. if you look at the, 
Um, also released that same weekend in 1990, The Rescuers Down Under, uh, which opened at number five, not a particularly huge success. Uh, but all around that time, it's a lot of family and kids movies. And to me, Rocky isn't really either um, a kids movie or a family movie. So I don't understand really no, the strategy it, of releasing it. It isn't. In the November, it, it, December it, time frame. It very much strikes me as a spring, early summer release. Yeah. 100%. This it's would, a little like silly. if we were doing the summer, this would be a summer movie league pick. Why would you, you want a boxing movie where people, you know, you watch it and then people want to go out and run around and people want to get out and like do stuff. Like you don't want to watch it and then be like, okay, I got to go home cause it's too cold outside. Like, no, now, I don't know. Matt, I'll give you a hint as we look at the highest grossing films of 1990, the 10th highest grossing movie came out in that December starred a similar big action star like Sylvester Stallone, but this time in a family film. Did did you repeat that last bit? (laughs) It it was a a big Hollywood action star, this time in a family comedy film. Was it Jingle All the Way? No, but you do have the right actor. Oh, so it was, okay, Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop, 10th highest grossing movie of 1990, also a very large success. Um, it's not the Tuma. It's not Tuma. I've never seen that. Put the uh, cookie down. Oh, great movie. Sean. I got to watch these. Uh, all right. So Home Alone was number two. Kindergarten Cop was number 10. How many of the other top highest grossing movies of 1990 can you name? One of them uh, went on to win many. the best picture that year. Then it wasn't Goodfellas. And it was not Goodfellas. Uh, there's a pretty good mix of drama. Actually, they're pretty much all dramas or action movies. Two of them are sequels. Uh, you got to give me more than just that. Sequels. Okay. The Academy Award winner uh, was directed by the actor who starred in the movie. He also won Best Director Academy Award that year. A drama turn for him. Uh, it's Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves. Uh, that was number four. Would have never got that. Uh, there's Sean. another, there's a, a, Schwarzenegger has two of the top 10 grossing movies this year. The number five movie was also a Schwarzenegger, uh, but this one was a bit of an outer space action film. Oh, um, 1990. This is a total recall. It is total recall. Number yes. five. Okay. Very good. Uh, I, I just watched that the other day, actually. I mentioned two sequels. Uh, one is to a uh, heart-pounding action franchise with a third star who's not Schwarzenegger or Stallone. The other sequel is to a science fiction comedy series. Science fiction comedy. Well, loosely comedy. I'm not really for laughs, but I wouldn't call it a drama either. And it's the third one in this franchise. Third and final. There were only... Th- Back to the Future. Yes, part three, number six. Yeah. Uh, and okay. number seven is the other uh, action franchise. This one, the second, the sequel, like, and again, with another sort of action drama comedy star at the time. One of the biggest stars of the 90s. Um, give me the first letter of their name. Of the actor's name? First yes. name, B. Bruce Willis. Yes, in? In 1990. Bruce Willis must have been in action franchise. Oh, uh, Die Hard. Die Hard 2. Has to be. Die Hard, oh, Die Hard 2. Okay. Die Hard 2, Die Hard. Yeah. Um, one other clue I'll give you before I just, because this is going to take forever. You did not get the number one uh, yet a drama movie, um, a, a, as they call it, a romantic fantasy thriller film um, that has a famous pottery scene. Oh, Ghost. Ghost, number one of 1990. Yeah. And Matt, uh, this is a movie that I made you watch involving four colorful characters the who know Kung Fu. Ninja Turtles. There strong. you go. Uh, was the highest grossing independent film of all time uh, when it came out. Al- also in the top 10, Pretty Woman uh, and Presumed Innocent. For the record, fans out there, I argued that Sean and I streaming Ninja Turtles should have been premium content. Sean did not, he, he didn't, he was not willing to go for it. So you can thank him for the record. For us if, not, not hiding behind a Patreon paywall. If for people that were willing to pay for it, I would gladly put up a paywall. <laughs> I thought, 
I thought that that should have been premium content. People, I, I literally but had a fan ask me when we're doing the next the one. So, yes, it was very good. I, I you know what, I, I had, I had, a, I had a fan tell me that we should do more stuff like that. Was it so. the same fan? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. That would be very sad. Doubtful. Um. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's all the uh, fun facts I have about the release of Rocky Five, and it destroyed the franchise for sixteen years. Oh uh, yeah, it did. Well, it, it was meant to be the the final the final one, and to a degree, I'm I'm glad that Rocky Four wasn't the last Rocky movie. I, I'm actually I think there are, there are competent notes in this movie. Like you know there 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 are many good ideas trapped under the surface, tragically yeah. trapped under the surface for surface of this just bad movie but uh i'm glad that rocky 4 was not the send-off because it's not it's not really a send-off-y kind of movie I'm, I'm glad that we that we had sequels after that so i'm 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 glad we didn't end on a good movie in the original five first five movies like if they had ended on rocky 4 you would have been like it would have been so like decent of an ending that like they, we never would have had Rocky Balboa or Creed or any of this stuff. Like I think you need Rocky Five to in two thousand six Stallone to be like that was a bad way to end this. We got to bring it back. So I guess in that respect it was successful. Yes, yes indeed. Yes indeed. Um, and I'm also glad that he didn't kill Rocky because I I you'll you'll see. I think uh, there, there's there's a lot to be said in for Rocky Balboa and for Creed. Both very good movies. So. It, you know, it would have been absolutely hog wild to be on the fifth film in a franchise and to kill your main character like that. That would never happen. You know, and, and it's kind of funny because I do watch like, you know, Black Panther or whatever the movie, you know, the big superhero movie. And I'm like, Black Panther's going to be fine. They're not going to kill him. He's not going to die in the Black Panther movie. I just think yeah. it would have been so interest. I don't would it have been the right call. I don't know. But I do think it would have been interesting to like kill Rocky and then figure out what insane workaround they would have had to bring him back for another sequel. He could be a, a force ghost. Well, the, you know, there have been, there have <laughs> been like legitimate that. rumors of a Rocky prequel television series. Uh, that's, that is interesting. That's very interesting, actually. You know, sort of Rocky working for the Lone shark, um, kind of uh, a bit down on his luck, maybe dating Adrian at the time. I don't know before his big Apollo fight could be interesting sort of in 1970s yeah. Philadelphia. I was wondering if it, if it would, if it would take place during the events of Rocky one, like leading up to the Apollo fight, or if it would be like just before Rocky one, where Rocky is still kind of like a nobody, I think I'd rather watch the la the, the 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 former. I think I'd rather watch the one where it's it's is in in Rocky one, mm, kind of an expanded, have, detailed. Mickey, Mickey would be involved. It would be yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Mm. I would I would I would absolutely watch that. Yeah. Um, Matt, we're mm. just about done here with Rocky Five, but we have to do as we've done on every one of these and rate this movie on our patent pending scale. How many rounds does Rocky Five go? Um, I believe we both had Rocky four going pretty far, if not all the way um, to winning this fight. Rocky five, Matt, how, how far does it go in, in this match? For me, Sean, Rocky five starts out strong um, out of the gate. Uh, we'll say that it gets hit real hard. Financial, financial start up. That's a real good right, right hook to the, to the jaw. Uh, real makes real solid contact. You hear a, a nice cracking sound there. Uh, the fight goes on. Rocky gets a little bit further. Uh, then you get, uh, oh, um, I, I have to move back to Philly. That's a punch right to the gut. Big gut. You might maybe faintly hear a rib crack there. Uh, I have this weird hallucination of Mickey all of a sudden in, in the, in the gym. I think he, that's where Rocky like kind of regains his balance, fights back. He lands a couple more punches, makes another couple rounds. But, uh, then the, the, you know, fight at the end in the dark, uh, another, that's another punch or two. The eyes start swelling, uh, and then things start going dark and Rocky gets knocked out cold. 
in the fifth round. Mm. Just the fifth round, Sean. It's it's the fifth movie, so he only makes it around five. Yeah, that's I a hundred percent. That's exactly where I was going. I think uh, you know Rocky Five has a has a, a a good start to the fight, a decent first five rounds. Uh, but then due to Rocky V's uh, overwhelming incompetence, uh, he realizes his shoelaces are untied, trips on them, falls out of the ring, and breaks his neck on the concrete floor. Mm. Uh, and so it's technically not a knockout. It's just a tragic ending to an otherwise unmemorable fight. Indeed. Uh, f- fantastic. I, this this series is just going great, and I cannot believe we're about to fast forward 16 years. Uh, I have So you said you just rewatched Rocky Balboa. I have never seen it. Uh, so I'm very excited. Um, and I yes. know you're, you're a fan. Um, I'll say it, it has problems. It has flaws like all the Rocky movies. I've, I've made very copious notes. But it's a very it's very different for, for mostly good reasons. I, I don't I, I don't want to give too much away on this episode. I don't want to color your decision. No, please. I yeah. Uh, before yeah, before I allow you to to experience it for yourself, but that's all that's all I'll say about it for now. Uh, and then Creed, we have after that as well. So this is great. We're gonna keep yeah. chugging along here. Uh, as I said at the beginning, upfordebate.tv is our website. You can go there, get all the past episodes. If you didn't hear us talk about the first four movies, you definitely want to check that out. And of course, you can subscribe to get the next couple movies in your podcast feed, wherever you get podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're everywhere, the video version on YouTube as well. And of course, you can get a hold of us. Let us know your thoughts on the Rocky movies at TV on Twitter. You can tweet at us or email us TV at gmail.com. But that's going to do it for this episode. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us on this Up for Debate Presents. Rocky Five is done. Rocky Balboa is next. But until then, uh, stay frosty. We'll see you next time. Stay frosty. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.